This podcast was brought to you by mtgcast.com and please check out www.tcgplayers.com for your best place to buy cards online. to the brainstorm episode 16 thank you for joining us here today this is going to be you know pretty much straightforward uh, mostly concentrating on Innistrad but uh, first part of uh, this show we're going to be uh, doing with Thrills of the Planeswalker we're going to have the Dark Mind speak his mind on on the basic expansion maybe some of the decks and uh, you never know what he's going to say you know he's got that, that right kind of mind but uh, he's been busy been having a busy day because it's pretty late night for us. So um, this first part of the show is probably going to be, I don't say how long, but it will be enough. But uh, to get into it, uh, we got uh, Jones here with us today. What's going on, Jones? What's up, man? Not much, buddy. And uh, I know you're busy, man, and I appreciate you uh, coming and uh, be able to um, do a few minutes with us and uh, break down some of the stuff on uh, on Duels of Planeswalker. You know, pretty much you're the... The video game, uh, Magic Online type of deal, you know, more of the physical type cards. So, um, let's just go ahead and, uh, jump right into it and, um, to end that, like. What happened? Is it still recording? Um, let's see here. Yeah, it shows, shows that it's still recording. You never really dropped from the call. Sorry about that, folks. Well, um, basically, you know how Skype goes. Sometimes it does it have his mind of his own. But, um. Alright, where do we leave off? Um, basically, um, yeah, you just, um, start off naming, naming off the decks. All right. Well, uh, yeah, what I was saying is the decks, we don't have the Karn and the Nicol Bolas deck from before, but that's not really a problem because those, and not that they were bad decks when you played them in the campaign mode, but they seem less focused as for general play. Like they were very much so specifically to go against the other decks. Exhibit the Karn deck was specifically meant to beat a couple of the decks in the single player mode, and the Nicobolus deck was specifically meant to be powerful when played in arch enemy format. Right. Now that being said, they didn't go with those, which I'm all fine with. That doesn't bother me one bit because the three new decks that they came out with are pretty good. Um, there's mono black, green and white, and red blue. Uh, I mean, for those of you that care, the black is Grave Whispers, uh, the blue and red is Cloud Burst, the green and white is Oromancer. Now, the black deck is pretty much, it goes back to being a more old-school style black deck. You've got a lot of, uh, a lot of discard, a couple of Liliana's Caress, a couple of Racks, uh... You said Racks. Yeah, yeah, a couple of Racks, uh... You know, pretty much the old standards and favorites in that. Uh, and it's not a vampire deck, which I like vampires, but I'm starting to get a little sick of them in Magic, so something I'm okay with. 
Yeah, there was a great Max Bo- Max Brooks quote from the last Deadliest Warrior episode. Yeah, tell us about that, man. Uh, God, I'd butcher the quote. I'll have to look it up and actually say it for later episodes. But Max Brooks said something calling vampires arrogant, metrosexual, sparkly bastards or something like that. It was pretty wonderful. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but, um, God, I lost my place thinking about zombies and vampires now. Uh, oh yeah, well there there is a heavy zombie influence in that deck, which I like. There's uh, four reassembling skeletons, which are really really convenient in this game. I haven't played a single game with that black deck in which that card didn't come in handy once or twice. Uh, Quest for the Grave Lord. Yeah, I mean it really. What I like about it the most is it's like. It's it's a generic black deck. It's like black doing what black was meant to do, like kind of control, not really strong creatures, but creatures that provide some sort of additional benefit or utility. Uh, two Underworld Dreams. So it kind of mimics the first mono black deck that came out in Duels of the Planeswalkers, but it's a little better. Uh, you've got the Lurgoyf. Uh, no, not Lurgoyf. Well, yeah, the Mortivore uh, Lurgoyf. That's just the creature type. Uh, that's a great card. Uh, the preview card from Innistrad for this deck is the Moan of the Unhallowed, which is two colorless, two black, put two, two, two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield and flashback for five colorless, two black. Uh, you know, when we were looking at the previews, the spoilers for the set, it didn't seem like that card was you know, I just looked at the converted mana cost for the flashback of seven, and I didn't imagine it would be that useful. But you know what? If the game lasts that long, it can certainly be useful. It's definitely a um, uh, like last, like a last win situation. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just one last thing to throw in the way if you need that that one more turn to delay so you can play your big spell. Exactly. Uh, there aren't many bombs in the deck. There's massacre worm. Grave Titan, and but even though I, I'd say Obnixilis is drastically more powerful than either of those, uh, if you use them right, I did a super noob mistake and cost Phil and I a two. Well, I don't remember if we won that one. No, yeah, we did lose it. Cost uh, Phil and I a game when we were playing a two-headed giant match, just because literally, if I would have complete new mistake and if anybody is listening they probably have full right to tear me up on twitter or whatever the kids are doing these days i don't freaking know <laughs> uh but i i played a land and then i played obnixilis when i actually had the the casting cost to play before that i had my five black i played the sixth and then i played him and then realized my mistake and then realized that was literally the three life that cost us the game uh, but that shit happens. So you do that so you don't make the mistake twice, or so you're supposed to not make the mistake twice. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And then, uh, I guess that's enough on the black deck. Do you have anything to say about it? It's. I say the black deck is very, very. It, it's, um. It's a pain in the ass, really, if you get it off right. If you um, get your um, Liliana Caress out and then you get your um, uh, Liliana Spectres. 
start dropping maybe discard card. And, I mean, I mean that's that's the thing. If if I have to wait, you know, a certain amount of, and you start busting those discards on me, that's pretty much that's game over. Pretty much that's how I use it when I lose against that deck. If I don't come off hard, then then pretty much that is. I'm pretty much done. So I mean, it's the decks are way better on this one than they were on the last one. Yeah, I think they're keeping the quality quota high. Yeah, yeah it's like different. they're they're still competitive with one another. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the, the black deck is, is is very very dangerous. It's it's, it's really good for a two head giant. I mean, that's well, yeah. yeah that's one of the things that makes it so potent as far as uh, being in this game. Are things like the Liliana Spectre, yeah. and it's things that say not your opponent. Like just the wording on cards specifically are geared towards each opponent, yeah. or instead of target opponent. Yeah. For example, exactly. on Liliana like Spectre, each opponent when Liliana Spectre comes into play, each opponent discards a card. Yeah. That's something you don't really think, or I previously to this point haven't really thought of in regards to making a magic deck, because you only think of in terms of the one-on-one. Well, in a game like this, you know, I play more two-headed giant four-player arch-enemy games than I do one-on-one games on this. So when the cards have that that alteration of the card text to allow for that sort of thing, that can certainly increase the power range of a deck. Um, And going through the new... One of the things that they added in this new expansion was that there's a short campaign mode to where you are the arch enemy playing against different sets, yeah. the other planeswalkers. Uh, and they start off pretty easy, but the last battle is they they know how to make it frustrating. They put yeah. you three of the J stacks, which, like, is frightening because... Yeah. So many of their cards work so well together. Exactly. That's uh, all the counter. Those mists, I don't remember what the mists are called, but the ones that get plus one, plus one for each other illusion on the battlefield, uh, yeah. they all boost each other. Yeah. And they're really cheap. What's yeah. the converted mana casting cost on that card? Two? Yeah, two. Yeah. So, yeah, they like to get a lot of those out really quick, and they tend to also draw their Lord of the Unreals pretty quickly after that, too. So it makes for a frustrating little game. Exactly. Um, now, yeah, before I just rant too much about the black deck, because that is, like, it's the one I use the most. wouldn't say it's the most popular of the three new ones, but or most powerful. The deck that I kind of... I looked towards the red-blue before I even looked at the green-white. Uh, the green-white just did a surface scan, and, you know, the premise seemed very simple, and he, it just didn't catch my eye at first <laughs> until I played against the motherfucker. Now, the red-blue deck can be frustrating, but it really shines in multiplayer, specifically two-headed giant games. I'll get to that in a bit. The green... Well, yeah, I'm all over the place. Who gives a shit? Uh, no, it doesn't matter at all, man. <laughs> Green-white deck is, I think, the most powerful of the three decks in yeah. specifically a one-on-one format. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. In some circumstances, it can be really potent if paired up well in a two-headed giant game because it can be really fast. Like, it starts to struggle in the late game whenever the other decks are starting to drop some of their big bombs. It still yeah. has bombs, 
but really the most deadly aspects of that deck come out early and late game. So it's just a, if the game goes on that late, you're probably not going to win it with the green. Yeah, a lot of hex proof. But yeah, I mean, just lots of quick. I mean, I, I've seen players, <laughs> or I don't, I don't even remember who I was talking to online the other day, but they said they took out a couple of the Suntail Hawks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the the white what, a, what an absolute moron! All four of those stay in my deck, and I've still oh, yeah. down to sixty cards. Just the one cost flyer with all of those auras is absolutely yeah. devastating. The only frustration I have in this deck is that there's certain cards, and 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 it's the frustration I've had with other decks, is that I would certainly have less of certain cards that they have four of and more of certain cards that they only have one of. Now, they may have a better balancing scale in mind and a rule set that they just want to stick to to try to keep them on a balanced power scale. Maybe something that I'm not observing, but it seems that in every deck there's one or two cards that I'm looking at going, you know what, I'd like a couple more in that deck. Don't yeah, think true. it would hurt at all. Yeah, it's, it, that's, that's some of the things to do because you, like... um I play. Um, I usually I play with the um, the Gideon deck, the white uh, mono white deck. And um, what's the, what the hell's up with one Gideon Avenger? Yeah, uh, well, uh, uh, yeah, Avenger, yeah, no, yeah, yeah Avenger. No, you're right, yeah. And one the, Edge Champion it. and one Masculine, and and then you give Tezrit's, um uh, a domination, um, domination, uh, destroy all creatures, but you can't put a uh, Dead Judgment in in the white. I mean, it's yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I do agree with you 100 percent on the green. The green deck is it's beast special. All the ore. I mean, you play that deck against red, red's gonna have a hard time because you you shock them. But then whatever, then they got the ore on top of it. You just kill the the armor. By that time, your next the turn come up, they didn't put another one on. So I mean, yeah, I mean, there's lots of totem armor effects in that yeah. deck. And, I mean, there's a couple of simple cards in there that I would like. One of the most useful cards in that deck, as I've played it, has been Snake Umbra. That's a highly convenient card. And it's just people, well, some people overestimate it, some people (laughs) underestimate it. But pretty much everybody agrees that drawing cards is a good thing, and there's pretty good draw card functionality in that green one between the uh, two different types of creatures that don't remember their names more generally knowledgeable players would, but they're players that want characters that whenever you cast a or a spell, you get to draw a card. And oh, the um, the enchantress. Yeah, the, those are game winners. That's yeah. Drawing cards wins games. We've all figured it out, and now whenever they finally allow it to where all colors can draw cards evenly, yeah. game will start to pull a little bit away from the blue swarm that we have right now. Yeah, well, they Innistrad coming out, they kind of changed that, but uh, I uh, think they're figuring it out. Blue. Yeah, they they, See, they changed a lot. Playing extra mana and drawing extra cards wins games. That's really become a major major point of even going with a multicolored deck in the first place. That's why people go multicolor in many different circumstances to draw cards or to right. put out extra land. Now, if they could figure out to give more functionality of that spread to other colors, 
I think that that creativity will go a long way. But before I get too distracted, I have very little time, and I need to talk about the the expansion. Yeah, because I could talk about that exact subject, just like bringing out functionality of certain colors to other colors, and how it would really like you don't have to break what we know about the colors to expand their functionality. You could still do it within the set parameters of how they've made the themes of the colors. And I think it would actually give more game balance if they kind of spread out just those two. More land, drawing cards. I think every color needs to have one or two ways to pull that out. That doesn't mean that you have to take away what makes green green or what makes blue blue. This is an eternal gaming store argument. I've heard it many times, but <laughs> we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, maybe touch on that another day. So what's up with the, what about that, uh, was it the new blue? Red, red blue. Now I look at it, and, you know, I, I saw it, and I said, oh, Phil, you're going to love this deck. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, it has some of the same <laughs> ideas as the red-blue deck from the previous Walker game. Oh, oh, my man. <laughs> but at least in regards to sing one-on-one play, I drastically prefer the red blue deck from the previous Planeswalkers game. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that at all. It just doesn't. To me, it seems like it's like slow and it lacks. Well, I mean, there's some beautiful cards in here, like Lightning Serpent. Ooh, 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 that card's pretty. Um, I mean, one red and then X colorless, and it already is a two-one. So if you think of it in terms of direct damage or a creature killer, I mean, it's it's great early or end game. Can't really go wrong. Not at all. It just, it just seems, I don't know, it seems like when I, when I play against it, it's like, it doesn't really have an effect towards me. You know, I got better, you know, have a hard time against more moral red than actually. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah I was going to get to that. Did... Phil and I, or did you talk to Phil about when he and I played against it? Uh, is that the one when the two guys you know, ran over y'all? It didn't run over us, but it was definitely a war of attrition on our part. Right. Uh, the uh, Basically, the red-blue deck, you know, maybe some people have figured out how to trim it down to a effective one-on-one, but I still think you're going to be looking at a a more drastic a less favorable win-loss ratio than you would with other decks with less effort. Uh, not to say the deck is bad, because I've seen it shine in Two-Headed Giant and Arch Enemy games. And it's in using the cards in non-traditional ways, I think, that makes it so potent. By combining the red-blue deck with the black deck, the new black deck, in a Two-Headed Giant game, they tore us apart with End of the Royal. Oh, yes. Yeah, was, yeah. It wasn't just that. It was sending their own stuff back to their hands. Oh, that's right. He sending the, into the Royal to send... Yeah. Well, he wasn't... He would have... If the deck were one-on-one, you'd have the option of, like, into the Royaling your Spark Mage Apprentice. Oh, great. I get to deal one more damage. But when you're with the black deck... You get to do things like end of the royal. Oh, each of you have to discard another card whenever he puts his vector <laughs> back into play. Yeah. The other functionality of the of the cards in this deck, there's also the Aether Trade Winds, Aether. Yeah. Uh, 
those send your creature and an opponent uh, opponent's creature home from the battlefield. The effect of that is to use that on some of your other on your creatures that are going to die at the end of the turn anyway. So it's like I can see the point of putting some of these cards in with with them and yes if everything went off perfectly then yeah, it can be devastating. But I don't like planning for my decks to go off perfectly because they never ever will. No, no. I like for them to go off like pieces, like I want little different pieces that all add up to a whole, and I want my deck to win if I don't see the big bomb. I don't, you know, I put them into the deck, so if it lasts that long, great, maybe I'll come across it. But I like for planning for the beginning and the and the in-between. Like, there's not, when you plan on two heavy combos with the mana that it would take to produce some of the things that I think they were going for in this deck, it's tough. Uh, and not a lot of two-player games with the format of a lot of these Planeswalker decks are going to last that long. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but if you're able to stay alive to get some of these combos working and really work with a teammate, the red-blue deck can be nasty. And it's very, very it's nasty. an assist deck, but damn, it'll yeah, do its yeah, job. It's not a one-on-one. I totally agree with you 100% on that deck being a... Um, like so, you know, you, you got your buddy with the main deck, and you got your, that's mostly when when I play two head giants. That's usually how I see it work. Someone has the big deck, other ones is support. I was playing playing with um with Bob the other day, and the dude had had Jace, Jace deck mono blue. He didn't do anything. He set on two counter spells, just building up mana, while the other buddy was doing all the work. So I was able to um play my um. Was a Cecil Pledge. Counter that one. Um, my one where that uh, I gained life for each creature on the battlefield. And counter that one. And after that, it was pretty much over. I mean, it's 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 all about when you, I guess when you play online, you know, Twin John, you gotta. I just not wish it's not a bad idea. Like pretty much, that's kind of how me and, and uh, um, uh, Phil played. We played like that. He had the green the the for the expansion came out. Oh well, yeah, you can see a lot of yeah. that green, blue, and blue yeah. has become yeah. the thing to see. And all the expansion came out, like that's yeah. all I really saw in two-headed giant matches, which is fine. Yeah. I just the whole mirror match thing when playing Magic does not appeal to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I get it, like or the argument that you hear is. That, oh, if we use the same deck, we should really be able to determine who has more skill in this situation. And no. that would be correct if you yes, were no. drawing the exact same cards. Yeah. But even then, the, di- <laughs> the discrepancies between what order two people of reasonably equivalent to te- intelligence would play, like, they're, it, they're going to equate. There is no perfect situation to determine who's the better magic player from that. So it's just really all invalid and all it is is an exercise in who draws what when. Yay! Yeah. Great. True. 
And ugh, people would love to do that with the blue-white deck when it came out in the first duels, or the first Planeswalkers game. Yeah, a lot of people... Wow, what a great way to waste two and a half hours of seeing who can throw more counter spells and deck-burning cards at one another. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to do to sit down and relax. Glad we could do this, guys. Anyway. Yeah, but that's it. That's my rundown. Uh, let me... I can give a quick rundown of the campaign, take a look at it, and tell you exactly how many levels are in it. Uh, six new single-player levels, just uh, basically your first three fights, Liliana, Ajani, and Rauzarek, uh for black, green, white, and red-blue, respectively, and then you fight them again for further campaign points, which also, I haven't figured out how the scoring system on this game counts, like... I don't mean I have higher score on single player than people that have gone farther than me in the campaigns. Yet, I yeah, I'll, maybe we'll figure it out one day. But maybe they'll tell us. <laughs> yeah, maybe someone will do the hard part and actually take the effort to figure it out, and then just tell us. Yeah, that's true. Go ahead, motivated listeners. Go ahead. <laughs> take that motivation. You run with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone knows. Hey. No something out there, but um, uh, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven new arch enemy games. Uh, where you're the arch enemy versus three random AI, not random, but AI opponents, and the final battle is, I guess, well, it's not really a spoiler because it'll show you what the fi- final battle is before you get to it. But it's Jace, Jason, Jace, so good freaking luck. That's a fun Yeah, it's not that bad, but it if they get a draw, it can be a frustrating slow game. Uh, but then again, those event cards can change the whole scope of the game. Uh, four new challenges? So yeah. Good amount of content for five bucks. I'll pay that any day they want to charge us for that. And stainless steel games, thank you very much for keeping it reasonable. And wizards, like, uh, you know what, I, some days I'll bitch about the, the price of Magic the Gathering online, but there's no bitching about this. Three decks, four cards for every old deck, new campaign content, new loading screens. You know, yeah. those are things that people ignore, but someone has to program that shit. Someone has to sit behind the computer, and then they've got to pay someone to test it so that when that line of code pops up, the whole game doesn't crash just because they didn't load the new screen right. All sorts of things can go wrong. So thank you all for keeping it reasonably fucking priced. Can't nice. can't overstate that. Uh Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad that they did, that they did put extra couple creatures in the, the decks. You know, they kind of, to me, they kind of made the Tedra deck a little bit better. Yeah, they did something for everybody, pretty much. Yeah. But why would you want to put a Wrath in Black, the Black Wrath in Tedra? I mean, because really, once you knock out your creatures, pretty much that's it. Yeah, why did they want to put the, uh, God, what'd they put? It wasn't Hurricane. Windstorm? They put Windstorms in the Kiora Atua, the, the green-blue. Yeah, green-blue, yeah. Most of the creatures in that deck are 
or all the ones that matter are flying. Yeah. Uh, or at least your mid-range creatures. Yeah, they're, they're kind of kind of strong because they put a sunblast angel in the in the Gideon's deck. When I, it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up. I unlocked the cards for that the other day, and you know, I was looking at it when I before I unlocked the cards. I was like, oh, cool. Those angels are going to help me out. Those are, those are good. Those are nice, nice, powerful cards. Yeah. Then I unlocked them, and I looked at what I was going to be taking out of the deck to put those in. And the only things I could have taken out of that deck to fit in those angels were speed. Yeah. You take the speed out of that deck, you're done. Yep. So if I were to say choose maybe two drastic situation three to four. Okay, what's a good number? If I was playing single player, I wouldn't have more than two of those five cost or more angels in my deck. If I was playing a two-headed giant or arch enemy, I could justify three or four. But all of them, no way. You need to keep the cheap cards in your deck because if you can't live past turn turn four, you're never going to see those big badass angels. No. So, little. I got them out one time. I haven't even seen my sunblast angel yet. Certainly not a pro tip, but something I would say for any newer Magic players, I guess. God, how many more people are newer than well? I'm not a noob. I've been around and playing for a long time. I just don't know a lot of the newer shit. Yeah, that is true. It is um, it's the the combination of the of the getting with the sunblast angel is, is when you um when you play the card that uh you prevent all damage to all your uh to all your creatures, and then you, if you're able to get the sunblast angel out, bam drop it and I haven't even got a chance to do it yet it's just I mean, I'm gonna step really, don't say anything I need to look up uh, oh okay um, but um, no, mostly <laughs> <laughs> mostly it's just it's one type one card like, like me um, I, I could do it but I have it could just piss me off this one Gideon's and, and you know, one of these other cards. Well, sword. I mean, it's just. I mean, I, I mean, really, I take the Gideon's out. I like and Gideon's and, and the Pierce of Paladins. I mean, what's the, it's not even really have the point to have them in there. Because nine times out of ten, I got that one card to draw. I mean, it's. Now here's how I look at it: is that would be more frustrating for me if I were looking at the other decks. And they were getting those cards that were incredibly pertinent. And they were getting them in the numbers of three and four. But now, if you take a look at it from this angel, angel, all right, angle, uh, there may only be one Gideon's Avenger in that white deck. But look at the green-black deck, the elf deck. One of the four cards they added for this one was an elvish champion. By God, it's an elf deck. I could yeah. pitch up and down all day. Yeah, I would like four elf cards that three converted mana cost that boost all other elves on the board by plus one, plus one, and give them forest walk. I'd love to have four of those in there. But then I think back, oh, wait, there's only one Gideon's Avenger in there, too. Exactly. So there is forethought. And the day that I'll start bitching about everything, of every little choice they've made about that, is when... 
they break the mold of their own power scale that they've established. And what I mean by saying that is whenever they release an equivalent of the Nicol Bolas deck in Duels of the Planeswalkers 1. Great game. Good deck. But that deck, they didn't filter themselves when they made it. They didn't think in terms of the other decks. Like, they just made a good deck, and then they stopped all other consideration from there. They should have said, good deck. What happens when we put it against all of the other decks? Oh, look at that. It wins turn four. Almost every time. Now, still, good ideas, great. But just think of, keep the game playable. Don't make decks that are so damn powerful that no one will play anything but those online. They got close. They they really walked on the wire with this one, because like I said, you're not going to see a lot of people playing things other than the green-blue deck in single-player. You're going to see that. Well, single-player people mix it up, so that's not fair for me to say. But until the expansion came out, if you were playing two-headed giant, I bet you you were playing against uh, the green-blue deck, at least one of the players, if not both of them. Green-blue and blue, or green-blue and green-blue. Uh, it's what I saw a drastic majority of the time. But it's still beatable. So, fine. I'll see it. You know, sometimes they'll win. Sometimes I will. So, I, I'm not as butthurt about that as I was the frickin' Nicol Bolas day. Right, right. Because, uh, right. else? Alright, give me one quick second. I just got a message from Mike, and he's gonna basically join us here for a little bit before you have to go. Because he has to go, too. He has to... He's in college, so you know, he, you know, he's real busy too. So he got a few minutes just to jump in, chat, and say what's up to us real quick. You better do it quick. <laughs> Here, I'll be damned. Shut, Shut up. Did it work? No. What? I don't know. I figure we're just saying random shit at this point. It hasn't made any sense at all yet. I don't know. I'm half asleep. Oh, was it? Yeah. I've already done this for ten minutes longer than I said I would. Yeah, like, I was going to try to jump in, but, uh, you know, you know, you're a good buddy of mine, and I know what happens when you're in that rave, man, you know, using up that uh, extra energy, so I'm just, I just like that, I just letting you go, and, <laughs> and you was on the ball, man, I, I couldn't stop you there. I'm smoking, and I haven't killed anyone yet, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, let's go ahead and put it out there. Um, Jones, he's a, we want to call a um, special effects, mostly for um, haunted houses type of deal. So he's been majority of the day um, taking care of his, um, you know, his, his little, we would call a little side business of uh, scaring the hell out of people. So um, if you guys are in, in Texas, in the Austin area, make sure you check out all the uh, haunted houses and uh I'm sure you'll find some of his work out there to scare the piss out of you. So, but um, if I could recommend one of my personal favorites, not saying anything officiated or anything, just scare for a cure. I'm I'm not I'm not allowed to endorse anybody. I'm not worth any of that. But if I were to recommend one haunted house, scare for a cure in the central Texas area, just because your money goes to a good place and they know how to entertain you. And I hear a car. <laughs> it's uh, true. Alright, so he's not allowed to endorse Scare for the Cure. I have nothing I, to do with Scare for the Cure. Yeah. I don't like getting this shit pissed 
<laughs> me crap myself. So if you guys are in the Austin, uh, Austin area, go check out Scared to Cure. Because I'm endorsing it. Because there ain't no effect to me doing it. Because I know none of the people there. Uh, I know Jones, but I've never been... It's just a haunted house. Everybody has haunted houses in their local area. Go support them. It's good fun. Fear is good for the heart. Yeah. And if you're a scary cat like me, make sure you get pissed drunk. So, you know, when you get scared. I do not recommend getting pissed drunk before you go to a haunted house. I've been in the industry for a couple of years now, and that normally doesn't end well. It doesn't end well, but from my point of view... Yeah, give me a reason. If I get if I piss on myself, that'd be point of reason why. Oh, I was drunk. That's why I peed on myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But uh, Mike, we was sitting here. We was talking about the duels of the Plans Walkers. So um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you got a chance to get get it yet. I don't know if you even got an Xbox. Yeah, I was playing it a while back, but I haven't played my Xbox in like a good month and a half. I see. Yeah, so you know, it's it's pretty much out of it. But um. But Gears of War came out today. Yeah, yeah, well, the StarCraft patch came out today. Ooh. And now I can't play StarCraft. (laughs) Ooh. Dude, you have no idea. That's that's the only joy I had between classes. Patch not downloading? No, I downloaded the patch, and now at about the 10-minute mark in every single game, this is happening for a lot of people, the game just lags to shit. Oh, that's great. Mm. I have a good second and a half lag between all of my mouse inputs. Mm. That so I matter. send my army to go, and they for sit sure. there and look at their watches for a couple minutes, and then, uh, oh, fuck them. <laughs> That's true. But, um, uh, for you, free you have to go, Jones, I just, just want this, you know, this... Final um, thought? Yeah, yeah this, this little thought. I know this is off duels of planeswalkers, but we, didn't, we talked about earlier today, and, um, how do you feel of no wolves in black coming out of the industry? Now, it personally upsetting just because I'm imagining a green-black horror deck, not necessarily just werewolves, but horror-themed just because I like that stuff. Now, it's not something like. that I'm worried about either because... It's the first set of the block, yeah. and we're not seeing a lot of multicolored cards coming out uh, in, in Estrade. And I think that's because if I had to proselytize on it, I'd, I'd say it's because they're kind of establishing the block and the themes that they're going to have in the block in the first set, and we'll be seeing more of that stuff later. Yeah, now, okay. I would, you know, if they, I'm not saying that I'm expecting it like green, black werewolves or black werewolves or anything. It would be cool just because my own personal thoughts for a deck. But it does kind of like now that we have the full spoiler, it does, like I said, like we did, there aren't a lot of dual class cards. You are starting to see they establish a good amount of dual lands that are coming out. So the plans are obviously waiting. They're ready. And there's enough cards from other blocks that are still legal and standard that people are going to have their deck combinations. Now, what you said earlier, that humans are going to be really strong, and I agree with you completely, because the human cards that are coming out seem to have 
abilities that make them purposefully effective against things like werewolves, demons, zombies, vampires, yada, yada, yada. Right, right. Now, those cards in combination with the humans that already exist are probably going to afford a couple of good combos. Now, that doesn't mean that the werewolves, zombies, and vampires are left out in the cold. Okay, Specifically, well, the, the vampires are still yeah, yeah. good. The vampires are set. The, like, just what you said about humans, vampires are good because they've got enough stuff from pre-existing blocks and, yeah, you know, card. already cards in standard that they're good to go. Right. Now, when it comes to the werewolves and stuff like that, if you were wanting to make a theme deck like that, you could with Innistrad, but it's not really... I don't see any great workable combos yet. I haven't really torn through all of the cards now that the full set's been leaked. But still, like, it's there, but there aren't any powerhouses that I've seen yet. Not to say that, that they won't happen, and they, I still think there's plenty of time within the block. Uh, I just, like I said, I think they're establishing everything. Like, okay, Blue's going to be one of the zombie holders now, too, and they're really... Like thing, the rooftop laboratory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like that makes me want to have a black blue zombie deck. Seems I haven't nice, seen yeah. anything specific for it yet, but I gotta know. They're establishing the theme. They're establishing what each or if colors are going to kind of branch out to certain creatures or themes. So looks good to me. I'm just not seeing anything worth bitching about. It's all thematic things for me. Like, I'm just not seeing the deck idea pop out at me yet, but I'll be patient with it. I'm set still looks good. The artwork looks amazing. And I like the theme, so I'll bide my time until I can have my deck. Yeah. I just don't do the vampire thing. I love vampires in certain books, not where they're fucking sparkly. It's fine. Nothing against those books either, because they make women like vampires again, and that's all well and good. So, I don't know. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. So. What'd you I feel about? obligated to say something at some point. Okay, go ahead. Oh, um, I, I have no idea what to say. I just oh, felt obligated. No, I wanted... Oh, um, you've dropped the ball. Well, oh, well I want to ask... Uh, Mike is, you know, I asked you that one point how you feel about uh, vampire, you know, uh, werewolves in black. I'm gonna ask Mike about how do you feel about, I mean, I mean, how do you think this this deck's gonna in deck building is gonna affect with <laughs> coming out to the other ones? Well, um, I mean, sorry, before, damn. Yeah, time is bad, but yeah, I got to run, man. Yeah, it's fine, man. Yeah, we, we knew it. We all know the busy man. And uh, like I said, I appreciate you um, um, joining me on the show today, man. And we'll just have to we keep on trying to make, you know, specific times of doing this. But, you know, everybody has a busy state of life. But um, gonna, I'm going to have to work better on this uh, to, to get you guys on at the same time. But, uh, Jones, I appreciate you coming in and talking about those the Planeswalkers. And um, hopefully we can um, set up a better time and get you on back here and um, when you're more relaxed next week. That's all good, man. I'll sneak it in when I can, but this is my no rest for the wicked time of year. Uh, so. I, I feel you, brother. Uh, yeah, we know happy, it's time of year for you. Happy Halloween, I'm everybody. I'm going to miss you, sweetheart. Good people. <laughs> oh, I'll miss I'm you, too. miss you. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm I, I, I appreciate love. you coming on. And, uh, 
I'll see you on I'll see you on the box, man, and um, Chris Mayne. All right, later, guys, and later, folks. Thanks for listening. All right, man. Later. This 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 small a small army unit anyway, but uh, Jones leading in this solo once again. Um, Jones, if you this is part of the show, man, I appreciate you for uh, coming on and uh and uh, talking about those planeswalkers. But um, also we got our college boy, you know what I'm saying, up the, up in here in Mike. You know, a few minutes at a time, we had some family, uh, well, I had some family issues the other day, um, trying to start off recording the show. I'm not even going to get into that and what broke down, but, you know, mostly just, um, my daughter, you know, has some uh, issues to deal with. But, um, getting back into the show, um, Mike, I'm going to, you know, break it down, you know, because, you, like, you know, you're my deck buddy, you know, or draft dude and a deck doctor, you know, he's, he's been busy. Doing those stuff, so you know, pretty much you've been filling the role. How do you feel that? How do you feel decks are going to be when Innistrad come out? Because you know, um, uh, you know, a couple of the blocks in the car, Adrazi, all them are are basically leading the standard. You know, we're just going to stay on the standard standard mode right now because uh, most that's what most people play at a certain time. I mean, how do you think with the cars out now are going to flex in with Innistrad? Well, you know, overall the best decks in standard come Innistrad are, are dead. Pretty much every tier one deck dies. Okay. Because Zendikar is really the overpowering block within the standard environment. Yeah. So I'm thinking the only kind of decks I can think of that are going to survive might be uh, some variant of Koldolfa Red might survive. A Tempered Steel deck will probably get through. Yeah. And then some of the decks from, um, from Scars of Block yeah. For instance, like, uh, during the Scars Block tournaments, Big Red was a deck. Yeah. Like a big, sort of, Coldotha Phoenix cough beatdown strategy. And I think, I'm pretty sure that deck can probably incorporate some of these red cards from Ministrad. Yeah. You know, some of these big, bad power werewolves. It's perhaps something to play like, um, what was that mythic rare red morph, or, uh, double faced card? Right. Uh, I don't know, but that well, the crew and outlaws only are rare, but I think that's a pretty sweet three drop for a big red control deck. Yeah, true. I mean, the idea behind the deck oftentimes is to sit back and not do anything and just use your cough. So you play this, and the next turn you go cough, and then if your opponent isn't playing a bunch of spells, all of a sudden you've got a three three double strike by turn five that's attacking in. I just went off on a tangent because I just looked at that card. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to okay, let's, let's see. What, 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 what was the topic I completely forgot? I went into deck building mode. Oh, uh, no. Basically, you know, basically that's, that's what it is. Deck, you know, mostly dealing with uh, deck building. You know, um, you know what kind of decks we are, you think we're going to see. Because me, this is this is what I like. All right, you just got another big block just, just dipped out, you know, into an extended mode. But, um, you know, basically, you know, it's like we said, most of the stuff with beginners. And now, now it's just like thinking about what's going to be the next type of Callblade or Velikut. I'm not talking about like the same basis of the deck. I'm also just talking about, you know, the top tier, you know, top dominated deck, what's going to be. Because each time a new block comes out, there's always something. So, you know, I've been, right. racking, I've been racking my brain lately, um, looking, 
you, you know, and to me, like one of the cards, um, Zuniana the Veil, she's going to wreck something. She's, yeah, I'm she's thinking so she's got some potential in a uh, a blue-black sort of zombie control deck. Yeah, yes, exactly. In a deck where you don't even care about putting your stuff in the graveyard because there's yeah. so many cards that are like, okay, well, if you have stuff in your graveyard, you're more powerful. Yeah, well, you like got the, flashback. Like, like the Pharaoh. Yeah, like you drop the Pharaoh from M12 or you yeah. put some flashback cards into your graveyard. And you, every turn, you, you and your opponent are discarding cards. They're not necessarily getting value out of it. You're still you getting are. your spell. Yeah, and then exactly. all of a sudden, cut their permanence in half. <laughs> I, I think that will be insane. But I think the big strategy come Scars in a Strahd Standard is going to be White Weenie. Yeah. That's I actually think there, right there's now. so many good cards in white. There's so many good cards under four cost in white. Exactly. And I, I say this now. I know a lot of people talk about this card not being any good, any good work, but me personally, I think this card is going to see a lot of play is time reversal. Oh yeah, I, I, definitely. I, I, I just feel like it's, it's, like, you know, say like most of these decks are going to be graveyard based type decks and I just see people like, oh, time reversal. Here, here, here. You know, here, have this Mystic Rare, you know what I mean? Like, new player, which is good, but I'm just like, I mean, there's, there's been cards, um, when, um, Splitter 20 came, I mean, well, yeah, when Splitter 20 came out, everybody was like, oh, this is just a quick, good little card, or whatever, you know, and then all of a sudden the next comes set out, and then you got the, um, you got Splinter deck just busting out of nowhere, you know what I mean? You gotta be careful. Don't look at the, like I was saying before, don't look at the color of the card. Uh, I mean, the rarity of the card. Commons aren't commons. You're like, oh, it's not mystic because it's not any good. Hell, like, you know, going back to the Squadron Hawks. And the Squadron Hawks were one of the best cards in the set, and it was a common. I mean, that's how you gotta, gotta look at it. But I'm very, very looking forward to seeing what, um, uh, what, what, gonna, what the pros gonna do. But really, if you feel a card, you're looking at it, that's going to be good. Vied up. Like me, I just bought another set of uh, um, Grand Abolishers. That's going to be a big card. Um, fan, what, what's it called? Phantasm? Phantasmal uh, 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 Image? Yeah, Phantasmal Image, yes. That's going to be another big card. Cause oh, it's going to be huge. Just think about it. You got that, plus, say, if you're able to get that 1313 big creature out there. Copy him. And right now, if you got Axe Treason, that better be in your deck. Axe Treason better be in your deck. I'm telling you right now. That card is not in your deck. Something is wrong with you because, especially how, because it was also I was listening to, um, I think it was the, yeah, I listened to the, um, the A team. Um, they had Colony on there. And, uh, if you guys haven't checked out the A team, definitely check them out. Scotty Mac, what's up? Shout out. But anyway, but, um, it's definitely, um, check out that card because, I mean, that card, <laughs> uh, check out their podcast because they talk about, you know, pretty much how majority of basically the set of card decks that are coming out now are going to be a little bit slower than usual. Not as fast, you know, as, you know, as it was before, which I kind of can see it and I'll take his word because 
you know, he's a little bit more knowledgeable on type of cards like this, and I do so. But um, if you see a card out there that you may like, get out there and, and check it out. Get it, get it out oh, there. Yeah. There's uh, there's more room, I think, to work with in a slower format. Yeah, yeah. Y- you can is. definitely take risks. Because, like, like me, I'm I'm building, I still build a standard deck, but my deck's pretty much going to be moved over to extend it. I mean, I have another deck idea, but I'm working, right now I'm working on my extended deck. Pretty much my standard deck is going to be my legacy deck, too. Because I don't believe in buying $100, $100 cards that may make, make the game better. Yes, the play feels bigger and, um, and uh, legacy, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, my little soldier, I like that. Fast and quick, I think it'll be okay. Because I ain't, ain't planning on going to any legacy tournaments anytime soon. I'm more focused on my standard deck. But, um, yeah. But it's, 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 legacy. It's, yeah, like, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Legacy is a good format. If you haven't tried it, definitely try it out. It's, if you've got $10,000 to blow on cards. It, the, the, the format's insane. It's... All right. I mean, I've heard the arguments for it, but that that format's too expensive for my taste. Yeah, and they just made modern just as bad. Anyway, not even getting that. But um, also I want to give a shout out to um, to Bubblegum because I'm telling you, man, homeboy be balling, man. Is it was like every time he comes to the car shop, looks like he's going on a trip. He got the rolling bag and everything. He tells us, "Hey, can I borrow a mat? Can I borrow a, a deck to play this and that?" He got it, man. I mean. He's, I mean, he, he's he's more bigger on legacy than on standard, which is which is nothing, nothing wrong. But I I like having him there at the shop because he you know he's very knowledgeable on cards and all that kind of stuff too. You know, I mean, typically your legacy players are more knowledgeable. Yeah, I mean he he knows a lot. I mean it's pretty much if I had a legacy question or a card question, he's the man that I usually go to and stuff. So, but one day we have to get him on the show. I had to try to record a little bit with him, but the recorder I had on my phone was free. And, It'll give you two minutes. Kind of screwed me over. I wasn't paying attention to the recorders anyway. But um, any uh final words? Um, I'll try and be back in a full capacity next week. Yeah, man. Um, you just do what you do, man. Because you know it's more about um, more about schooling and stuff, you know, than anything else. So do what yeah, you do, for all also, three. All three of my personal fans on the internet, it's exam week, so uh, I've been a little brain dead and a little magicless. <laughs> and, uh, having, having me all. But uh, yeah, man. Um, and uh, also, I want to give out is that um, we've been looking at the decks that have been sent in for the contest, and we we narrowed them down. I haven't um, although I, I haven't seen you the list yet. I don't think. Yeah, I need to take a look. I've only seen I think two entries. Yeah, um, um, I, I put it all in a in a word document. And I sent it out, and I think I forgot to put it in your email. But, uh, well, thanks, asshole. Yeah, I, I think I forgot the um, G in the, in the ring, but uh, it was late that night when I did it because uh, I got the like the last few minutes. Um, Jones reminded me like, "Hey, man, we we'll get a deck for this context and we we'll get out the information." I was like, "Shit!" So I put it together then. I used to have like all like all Megley sent, but I had it. I haven't added your other one to it, so um, don't worry. After the show, I'll get up and put it out there. So, all right. But uh, yes, we are still looking at the decks. It's kind of hard because we have five is it five of the eleven decks that are 
just mind blowing, mind blowing, and the explanations you put behind it makes it kind of hard to choose in between others. So trying to get it together because we got um, Phil, he's back working again, and um, you with exams, and um, you know me with the uh, with the family, and Jones with the uh, scare for the cure. Go check that out if you guys in the Austin area. But anyway, but uh, that's something that we're, we're trying to do. We're, we're, we're getting it, breaking it down. So don't think that we haven't forgot. I still have the cards, and I already have them basically packaged up in an envelope. I just haven't, I just haven't had a chance to pick the winner yet because everybody's been so busy. So please be patient with us. And yeah, guys, he's definitely working his ass off. He definitely is. So. It's it's going to take a little bit of time, but we we are going to get back into full form, and you are going to just get to, get the brainstorm you know and love again. Yes, and um, me and me and Mike will be bringing other uh, words of Friday Night Magic King here shortly once he gets done with his exams. Right now, I'm working on a a, a new reason why I've been so busy. Is I've been working on uh, new content for the webpage, and um, has a complications with the uh, people that I host with. Finally, got that straightened out. And plus, um, basically, um, building these, building these decks for, uh, for magic. So I've, I've been kind of like that because I've been having problems with building the deck and trying to put like a draw base in. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard playing mono colors because, especially with white, you don't get too many cards that allow you to draw in certain ways. Yes, with the paladins, you can draw. With, um, enchanters, you can draw, but, but, you know, but based on the way I'm trying to build my deck is, Totally different, but um, I got some Tesseract Gambits in there right now, so that's that's helping without having to paint the blue. But you know, everybody's in the bind right now, so we will definitely get those cards out, get the winner picked. And um, if you're listening to the show right now, one of the people who send the decks in, we are going to bring you on the show. Yes, that is right. The winner of this deck, we're going to say your name, and no matter where you live. If your English is broke, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're going to get you on here. And um, and, and, and I will mock you furiously. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just <laughs> kidding, folks. Don't be afraid to show up because the big, the big bad Mike's going to make fun of you. No. I'm actually quite a kind and loving man. Yeah, we're loving. That's nothing more about Mike. He's not as scary as he sounds. But um, we're going to go and, yeah, we're going to go in and bring you on the show and uh, basically just, keep, you know, get some information from you because, like I said, this show – it's nothing without y'all, but um, for us, um, before we break out in the show, I want to read this email that I got. So here, check out the phone. Where did it go? Episode 15. I think that was in my other, yes, it was in the King's email thing. Yeah, episode 15. Basically, um, we was talking about, you know, with the uh, Talking about a little bit of deck building, talking about transforming cards, but um, this is from one of our listeners, Lee. Appreciate you listening to the show. But um, he writes two things. First, for dealing with transforming double faced cards in a sleeve deck, use the checklist cards. Here's how it works the checklist cards list all the names of casting cards of the double faced cards. You actually mark the checklist cards face to show which cards to represent. Keep, keep the transforming cards in. Oh man, wow, this for this phone is very bad reading. Keep the transforming card itself in a clear 
back sleeved in your box. When your card is in the battlefield, use the card in a clear sleeve. When it's anywhere else, use the checklist. This is simple to do and requires no desleeving since neither side is cute. Second, for net deck checking, neck base deck testing, look at a, whoa, I think I misspelled that word. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's cock, <laughs> cock which is a program. Oh, cockatrice? Uh, yeah, cockatrice, yeah. I think he spelled it wrong. But anyway, it's a program from a German developer. It doesn't track anything for you, but it does give you tools to play a game with, yeah, I've used little, it. with only a little practice. It's an alright program. It's, it's, it's very difficult to use at first, but I mean, it's, it's free. And as yeah. long as you don't wander into the room and play with random people because they're all assholes. Yeah. You're, you're good to go. Just make sure you're playtesting with friends. Yeah, I, I'll have to look at that. Um, can you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, it's, it's essentially, it's kind of like Magic Workstation, except I think a little bit better. You, you can make any deck with any card that's essentially ever been made. They come out with the new packs, or the, uh, the new cards added into the pro, into the system, usually a couple weeks after the set's released. And uh, it doesn't do everything automatically like MTGO. Again, you're not paying for this, so it's obviously going to be a much simpler program. Because it, you have to do it on your own, but it's got enough like shortcuts and hotkeys that it's fairly usable as long as you're communicating with your opponent. Hmm. So, I, 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 I will have to check that out. I think I've still got it on my computer. I just haven't used it lately. Yeah, I hear that. Well, I will definitely do that, but... Um... Well, um, thank you for jumping on with us, Mike. And, uh, you know, yeah, no problem, man. Your, your insight into the world of magic. Yep, and so. again, you know, record next week at some point. I will be here in my most gracious of presence. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait for the holiday. And with more time. than five minutes of prep work. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. I, I mean, pretty much, you know, like I said, you know, this pretty much is like shop talk, you know, the basic, that's how I, how I like to um, keep the show, but um, you guys have any comments, questions, anything about the podcast, make sure that you are sending in to uh, FNM King at mtgbrainstorm.com or mtgbrainstorm at gmail.com, and Mike, your email? smgstring at gmail.com. There it is. That's right. Um, your host Tyrone, or my uh, my homeboy Mike, my fellow Hoosier, and um, we appreciate y'all uh, joining us on episode 16 on the brainstorm. And uh, we will see you following this week. Uh, make sure you guys jump on the webpage and check out our words of Friday Night Magic King with me and Mike. And uh, we'll be you know like more you know brother brother talk about the magic and um, hopefully around that time. That's pretty much after the pre-release. So um, we come and try to bring out some extra um, information. So uh, thanks for joining, and y'all take it easy. Peace. Later on, my brother. Holla.